Good morning, church. Happy first Sunday after Lent. You know, just as we would confess our hearts in order to cleanse our conscience, Lent is a time for for me especially when I confess all the different ways that my flesh distracts me from living for God. And in recovery, we call this a daily inventory, but we'll, we'll talk about that at a much later date. So clearly, if you are hearing this message, you are not in worship with us at 11 a.m. Um, for our in-person worship. So grab your cup of coffee, maybe a glass of sweet tea, and let's settle in and hear what God has in store for us today. This morning's scripture is found in 1 Peter 3. We're going to read uh, beginning in verse 18 and go through 22. So I'll give you just a second to flip into your scriptures, uh, open your Bible app, but make your way to 1 Peter 3, and we're going to begin in verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He put, He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the day of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism. That now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clean conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. I pray that every ear that hears God's word today will be given a new strive to thrive. So let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we lift our hearts to you. We ask for clarity and discernment as we dive into your word. You know us personally because you created each of us individually. There's no factory in heaven creating humans from a cookie-cutter mold. You breathe life into each of us as you molded us with your hands. Help us to live this life to glorify you. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your Son. And all God's children said, Amen. So we have talked about a deeper spiritual worship, which is offering our bodies as living sacrifice that's holy and pleasing to God. We also talked about Peter, James, and John witnessing Jesus in the presence of Moses and Elijah. And that brought a whole new meaning to having a come-to-Jesus meaning. But this week, we're going to talk about a new strive to thrive because of the blessings in the suffering. So 1 Peter is a book that is packed with many nuggets of gold that very much still apply to all of our all of our lives today. The Holy Spirit 
gave Peter a roadmap. In chapter 1, the Holy Spirit describes uh, the living hope because Jesus was resurrected from the grave. Jesus is our living hope. Now, we transition into, into hoping that people will be affected in their daily lives through the hope of Jesus Christ. You know, first we should, we should live our lives um, holy before the audience of one, and that's God. Next, we should live our lives holy before the world. Because when we do that, they will inquire what changed us, what's different about us. And next, we should, we should realize that living for God puts a target on our back by the enemy. When we get serious about living for Christ, persecution will come. And that is when all eyes are on us to see how we move through the suffering, how we duck and roll with the punches that, that life gives us. You know, Jesus told us to count the cost for following him. He was talking about counting the cost on many levels. You know, one is tribulation and suffering for the, for the standing on our faith. In Matthew 5, we're told that, that blessed are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. And when God asks us to live our lives, we get trials, we get tribulations. And we see just how faithful God is to us because he doesn't leave us in the fire. He's there with us. The enemy does not want his prisoners to know that there's hope. He has them believing that they are unloved, unwanted, worthless, and dirt beneath his feet. The enemy wants to isolate and torture souls here on this earth so that he can claim them in death. So there are four things that the blessings uh, that brought us blessings as a result of the suffering of Jesus. First, Jesus' suffering uh, resulted in an open door to God. Jesus tore the veil or the curtain that kept us out of the presence of God. And that goes all the way back to the tabernacle. We can now come into the presence of God and confess our hearts both of joy and pain. Verse 18 tells us that Jesus suffered for our sins so he could bring us to God. Christ didn't just open the door. He is walking us into the presence of God. He has personally felt the pain in flesh. If someone ever tells you that God doesn't understand their pain, let me tell you, I'm, I'm the very one that is so quick to say, really, Jesus walked in flesh form. He was tempted. He allowed himself to be beaten and to be crucified while feeling every ounce of pain that flowed through every single nerve ending. So Jesus fully understands and, and we have not been persecuted to the extent that Jesus was. Life gets hard. Life gets tough. But we did not endure and have not endured the pain that Jesus did. 
Jesus made it possible to come to God. But we still have that choice whether we're going to do it or not. That brings us to our second point. Not everyone will choose to respond to the suffering of Jesus for their sin. Some say, well, you know, I'll get around to it one day, but, you know, we don't know what tomorrow holds, so I'll just put it off. You know, I'll know when the time is right to ask Jesus into my heart. Jesus didn't say, you know, hey, I'm not going to go to the cross for humanity until there's a majority of people that are going to respond. He didn't say that to God. Jesus did not negotiate the terms of going to the cross, even though he knew people would not respond to his suffering. He went to make a way for us. Jesus suffered so one, and that's the one that you see in the mirror, is loved and makes and has a way to come to God because you are his beloved. Third, Jesus suffering provided confidence in the middle of our battle. Our trials will, trials will make us weary. Scripture says that Jesus went to offer hope to those who were disobedient during the time of Noah. Jesus was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in spirit. He went to the prison of Hades to offer redemption. Scripture says eight responded. Now, we know what, what Jesus did for the three days when his body was laying for the, in the tomb. Jesus went and basically had the first prison ministry for those three days. He preached and he proclaimed the truth in the spiritual prison. Finally, Jesus' suffering gives us a new start. When God judged the earth, the earth was flooded. The ark carried Noah and his family through that judgment to safety. In modern day times, I guess you would say Jesus is our ark. Jesus provided protection. He offered us a new start. So while while God was judging the world, in this world of chaos, Jesus not only opened the door for us to come into the presence of God, but he also sent his Holy Spirit to walk with us, to help us every single day, Renew our walk, recommit our walk, re-examine our hearts. We have to make the decision. You know, sometimes the, the waves of the world, they look fun. You might even want a cannonball off the ark into those waves. But sin is only fun for a day. And if you play with sin, death is the consequence. So as we make that decision not to cannonball from the ark into those waves, that means daily committing our lives to Jesus by placing our trust in Him for everything that He's done. So as we go through the Lent season, I pray we see the person in the mirror as Jesus' beloved. I pray we have courage to stand up and say, Shut up, devil. I'm not listening to you. 
I pray we we make the choice not to cannonball into those waves of worldly chaos that look so much like it's fun, but it's just an invitation to death. I pray we rest in the peace of Jesus, for he has made a way for us into eternity. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for the ultimate act of love that you displayed on the cross at Calvary. I pray that each of us continue to fully rest in your presence when the world is trying to cause chaos and anxiety and stress. Give us the words to speak to the wounds of those around us so that we can direct them to your truth. Give us strength to endure the journey. Give us courage when the darkness tries to close in on us. Shine your light brightly through these storms. Be that that lighthouse in the middle of those waves so that we know which direction you need us to follow. And now we pray as one voice, the way you taught your disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Church, please know that I'm praying for each of you as we travel the spiritual journey together, whether it's via social media, um, online, a podcast, YouTube, and hopefully we get to worship together in person. You can join us at 11 a.m. at Ebenezer United Methodist Church. We would love to see you there. So remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Much agape, everybody.